everyone and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter and joining me on this cold November day is Tim. Well, <laughs> speak for yourself, it's not that cold <laughs> over here. You're in California, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> for most of the planet, November's pretty cold. I mean, just Australia is obviously weird and the opposite of everyone else, but we talk about horror movies on this show, and this week we are going to be talking about a movie called Haunt, which is interesting in that it marks the second film set at Halloween that we are doing yep. <laughs> in November for some reason. Um, which all we really should have done is we should have left a few more empty spots on the Octoberthon for these movies that came out or were available during October that were relevant to October because we didn't sure. and then we ended up doing a couple of them in November which is weird how could we have known though <laughs> yeah simply uh, you know left to deal with what the fates have given us and yes <laughs> yes it well... did make me miss Halloween though I guess well, I guess it's kind of nice because it's like oh yeah here's a little reminder of what we'll get next year or what we'll be doing next year but, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little reminder of what Halloween will be like next year. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, well, we'll see. Before we get to that, though, we do have horror movie news that we do every week. Yeah, there will be a time in the description and a time on the screen right now telling you when you can skip to if you want to go straight to the movie discussion. But we will work through this week's horror movie news of note. And starting off, we're going to talk a little bit about a Christmas horror film, Black Christmas, Ooh. the remake that's coming uh, in December, which we of course will be doing uh, when it hits, because we both get it released at the same time. Mainly because they realised that they couldn't push it past Christmas anywhere because it'd be stupid yeah. and no one would watch it. Uh, so this is Blumhouse's Christmas film. Uh, the news this week is that it has actually been given a PG thirteen rating, which is the first time. Hell they, yeah. You you may be thinking to yourself, wasn't the two thousand six one PG thirteen? Because that was the era of the PG thirteen mm-hmm. horror remake. It actually wasn't. That was our rated as well. Uh, so. Okay. Yeah, it's been given a PG-13 for violence, terror, thematic content involving sexual assault, language, and sexual material and drinking. Uh, so, what's interesting about this is uh, one of our, our audience members, uh, Panda, um, which is what I know her as because that's our, our, our name uh, on, on, on our social medias, uh, she she actually uh, tweeted at us, uh, I think it was the director's reasoning for this because it was actually shot for an R rating. It was written as an R-rated movie and shot yeah. for it. Um, but they changed their minds after some test screenings, um, not because they wanted, at least as the, as the story goes here, not because they wanted to have the wider audience for you know for money's sake. They didn't, it wasn't that. Mm-hmm. It was um, basically they realized that because the film, the subjects the film is dealing with, uh, the director wanted it to be available to younger women and wanted it to be something that it could be more of a gateway horror for them. Um, oh, okay. As reasons go, that's not bad. Like, it's actually, it feels like it has more weight behind it than just, oh, we wanted more tickets to be sold uh, kind of thing. Yeah, Um, it's a a little hard to get mad at them for that. Yeah. I mean, look at me. I think it's horror fans in the back of our heads. We're like, yeah, but this could be more violent. We could be seeing more violence. (laughs) I think that'll be back of my head. Hopefully it has an R-rated cut maybe on the Blu-ray or whatever uh, later on. I, I mean, I think, you know, worst case scenario, if it is, like, really, really good, then... You know, I'm sure once the Blu-ray's out, there'll be an unrated version or something. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, so, you know, um, as a fan of violence in my movies, yeah, okay, it'll be a bit more tame. But I mean, the trailer did look good, so hopefully the movie's hopefully the movie's good enough that I'll want to see a second cut. Sure. Because if it just sucks, then I won't care, and I'll just never think about it again. 
yeah. after I rant about it for an hour on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do. I mean, uh, yeah, like you said, as a horror fan, you usually would prefer the R rating, but I mean, I'm not, you know, against PG-13 stuff, like, especially... That could be fine, yeah. Know, I feel like nowadays with, with the stuff you see on TV and everything, like, you can get away with, like, a lot more than, you know, you, you, can, you usually kind of think... My only argument against this, I suppose, would be, you know, this idea says that she wants it to be a gateway horror for young women. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a fine idea. Make more horror fans. I fully approve of all of it. I guess my only my only argument against that would be that, well, I became a horror fan at that age and I wasn't watching PG-13 horror movies. I just watched the R-rated yes. stuff anyway. <laughs> but, sure. you know, I get yeah, That's it. definitely true for sure. I, I guess maybe it's just a thing. Maybe it, it, it's harder for people to get in the theater. Although, you know, plenty of people you know, are able to see R-rated movies that aren't, you know, old enough, but... Maybe just not in the um, theaters as much. I, I, admittedly, I was yeah. watching most movies at home, but... Um, mm-hmm. But I, I still, I fully... Uh, I, I, yeah, I guess that's the only problem with this, is that it was shot as an R-rated movie and has been trimmed down. If it was always envisioned as a PG-13, that's maybe a little bit different. Um, sure, yeah. Because, hell, I, it's, you know, there's this talk about a Hocus Pocus sequel. I love Hocus Pocus. It is a, mm-hmm. is a PG kids horror movie. Yeah, definitely. That's a blast. Yeah. So, uh, but we'll see. We'll see how it works out. Uh, we'll see how it goes because the trailer was surprisingly optimistic mm-hmm. for us. I think so. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully, it's good. Uh, I'm not looking forward to watching the 2006 one before then, though. <laughs> Which I've never Which you've seen. Never, se- never yeah. seen. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. I, I'm interested in revisiting it. I, I have seen it, but it's been a while. So uh, go back and check out our review of the original Black Christmas from mm-hmm. a year or two ago, from the Christmas season um and uh yeah so we got more stuff coming up coming up so in fact uh patrons as well actually uh i'm not plugging patreon yet but the vote for five dollar not patrons this month is uh for christmas movies uh oh there'll be more christmas movies as well but uh one of them is a voted for one so uh make sure you go and vote uh amongst the uh, there's a couple of sequels from movies we've already done in there uh plus some other quirky picks so go and uh <laughs> go, and, go and get voting uh next up we have if my there we go uh Jada brewster who you might know from the Fast and the Furious movies, is joining Jeffrey Dean Morgan in the Sam Raimi-produced horror film Shrine. Uh, Shrine focuses on a disgraced journalist who discovers a series of seemingly divine miracles in a small New England town and uses them to resurrect his career, but the miracles may have a much darker source. Uh, so we, I think we talked about this happening a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so, but new bit of casting there for it. And to be honest, even though it says Jeffrey Dean Morgan was already cast, I don't remember that, so I wonder if that was a story yeah. that I missed somewhere between the announcement of the movie and now, but there you go maybe yeah. Uh, yeah i don't really know too much uh you know about the actors but uh hey i'm in it for the raimi that's, uh, <laughs> that's what's got me excited um i mean he's only producing um which is probably a good thing because yeah. sam raimi's only made a few good films and everything else has kind of sucked mm. so it's inaccurate but it's, it's, sure. it's entirely accurate it's <laughs> no. entirely accurate <laughs> Um, moving on, uh, Verticals acquired a sullen gothic neo-noir film called Blood on Her Name. Uh, a woman's panic decision to cover up an accidental killing spirals out of control when her conscience demands she return to the dead man's body to his family. Um, and does the dead man's body have, I know what you did last summer, carved into its chest? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> end of the film, the dead body lies at her feet, his blood still draining onto the floor. It was an accident, born of self-defense. But its discovery could have devastating consequences for a local gar- garage owner, uh, Lee Tyler, uh, and her son. 
In a panic, Lee decides to conceal the crime, cleaning the body scene and scrambling to dispose of the body. But can she actually disappear the man from Earth from his family, leaving them forever wondering? As Lee is torn between her primal instincts and tortured conscience, she struggles to keep her sins hidden from her estranged father, a cop with a long history of moral compromise, and from the keen-eyed girlfriend of the deceased. Interesting, okay. Uh, you know, sounds like there's a lot going on there, but mm-hmm. it could be interesting. Yeah, blood on, her, blood on Her Name is the title, and it's coming to VOD platforms in 2020. Is the feature debut of Matthew Pope, who is not okay. the head of the Catholic Church, just for the record. I just thought <laughs> I'd put that out there, just in yeah. case. I, I think what uh, I'd be a little more interested in knowing is what the tone of this is going to be, because I could see this as like kind of like a comedy kind of thing, mm. you know, where... You know, she keeps trying to hide the body and then you know, people keep coming in or something. But, you know, it could also be like a deadly serious kind of th- thing as well. I think it's deadly serious because it's, it yeah. says here, Blood Her Name is a character-driven thriller that explores questions of guilt, oh, moral okay. identity, and... Uh, 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 I'm not going to try and say that <laughs> word. Uh, so anyway, like, the point is, it's a really dead serious word. Mm. Uh, dead, dead serious okay. movie, so... Mm. I, I mean, you know, it could still be good, uh, but... I don't know. Uh, sound, the premise sounds kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, there's no Remy to be here for, though, for the, for the oh. record. Uh, so, next up, Vertical Entertainment has, uh, by the way, there was, a, there was a market this week. The American film market was this week. So, there's a few, like, that so and so have acquired this film. So and so have acquired oh, this okay. film. Uh, Vertical I'll Entertainment. Find out where that market is. <laughs> Do you want to go buy a movie? <laughs> I would like to, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe maybe we'll produce the first screams after midnight movie. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Tim's going to go in there with twenty dollars in his pocket, hoping he can get get a bargain. <laughs> I'll buy your movie for twenty thousand, no dollars, <laughs> twenty dollars. <laughs> Vertical Entertainment yeah. has nabbed the horror thriller The Dawn for US release mm-hmm. in twenty twenty. Coming from Deadline, uh, Brian... D O N or D A W N? D A W N. Okay. Yes, as in Dawn of the Dead, or Dawn from the hit television show, but for the Vampire Slayer. Uh, Brandon <laughs> Slagle directs the completed feature in which a young woman, a completed feature, I hope it's completed, who's <laughs> buying an unfinished movie, uh, in which a young woman, uh, sorry, a young woman in a post-apocalyptic, I just predicted what the next word was and it was completely wrong, I apologise, in a post-World War One United States, I, I said post-apocalyptic, <laughs> in a post-World War One United States, is sent to live in a convent after her father takes the lives of her entire family. As she matures, she comes to realise the same demons that played her father have followed her into the convent. It stars Stacey Dash from Clueless, Jonathan oh, Bennett wow. from Cake Wars, uh, Devani Penn from Crossbreed, and Taylor Grubbs from Hawaii Five-O. So Stacey Dash is kind of their big, their big thing. Uh, uh, maybe I'm confusing it with someone else, but isn't she like the one that became like a right wing, like conservative I think, I think, Trump psycho? <laughs> I think so. Yes, I I, I, okay. I think she was. On, she had like a didn't they have her out at the Oscars for a joke because of stuff she'd said beforehand like a couple of years ago? Maybe, that sounds right. Maybe, maybe. I think <laughs> I mean, that was her. Uh, I, I could be wrong. My apologies uh, if that's not the case, and. Yeah, sorry if anyone uh, is getting uh, annoyed for like that two seconds of politics, but yeah, it's the first thing I think of when I think of her. Um, but yes, the Dodds. It's a convent supernatural. Well, kind of supernatural. It's kind of a you know, will she go mad and kill people like her father did? Um, 
I must say, the poster does not fill me with hope. It's like her as a nun <laughs> praying, but half of the face is cracked and with a bloody eye. Um, uh, yeah. I don't know. It looks like a bit of a generic movie to me. Just, just based on the description, based on the poster. Mm-hmm. Not feeling it. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, there isn't much <laughs> about that that uh, is me particularly excited. All right, we'll move on. We'll move on. <laughs> uh, so next up, uh, so uh, Escape the Field is the next film that's been picked up from the uh, the film market. Um, mm. Crystal Reed, who was the lead actress in Swamp Thing, the show, the or... show, yes. Okay, oh, that's the movie. That was like forty years ago now. <laughs> I, I, I still haven't seen the show yet, so no spoilers. <laughs> oh, it sucks. That's your spoiler-free thoughts. I thought people, like... I, I know, like, everyone says it sucks, but I thought people were kind of, like, you know... Uh, what, what do you call it? Like, a, a little more into it, and, like, you know, the first, like, one or two episodes. You mean after the first one or two, or...? Well, like, I, I already heard that the first one or two were pretty good, but then, I don't know, it seems like everyone kind of jumped on it. Oh, it got, it, yeah, it got worse as it went. There was, like... Because there's some good yeah. Swamp Thing-looking effects in it. Uh, mm-hmm. when you finally see them, but I mean, yeah, I was I was a drag to sit through time. I got through like six episodes of it, and I was I was praying for you know escape <laughs> by the time I got there. Uh, speaking of escaping, Escape the Field is the film we're talking about here. Um, the story follows six strangers who wake up trapped in an endless cornfield, only to discover something mysterious is hunting them. <laughs> in the tall grass. In the tall grass. Excuse me. Yes. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, cough there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the fields are big now. I guess. I guess next year we're gonna see a lot of field movies. <laughs> I think we'll see this one. I think that's what we're going to see. <laughs> uh, and probably just that. Um, so yeah, I wasn't expecting a, a in the tall grass a knockoff, or not even a knockoff, because it sounds like it's maybe more of a slasher movie, but sure. uh, or maybe more of a monster movie, but like. I wasn't expecting a spiritual like, hey, a field a field movie was big <laughs> last year. Let's do a new, new field movie. Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah, you know, I'm making a joke. I'm sure they're completely different and they probably have nothing to do with each other. But it's the first thing that I thought of. But I don't know. It could actually be cool. So, I'm, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> does, yeah. does it say like who did it or whatever? I'm I'm assuming this is you know, right someone we haven't heard of before. But it was who directed it. <laughs> Right. Yes. <laughs> who did it? Who did the movie? Tell me now. Who did it? <laughs> who did this to you? Show us on the movie who directed it. Uh, Emer- uh, Emerson Moore directed it. Uh, from a uh, yeah, you don't know who he is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> from a screenplay he wrote with uh, Sean M. Wathen and J.D. Dobkin. Uh, these names are made up, but there you go. Uh, so that's Escape the Field. Moving on. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Uh, so, again, another film that's on sale at the American film market. Uh, no one has bought it at the time of uh, thinking, but uh, Blade so Disgusting... It's up for grabs, yeah. is what you're saying. It's up for grabs. We could go buy it. But Blade <laughs> Disgusting uh, wanted to report on it with the first look. The first look being a photograph. <laughs> so it's not okay. much to talk, talk about in terms of the, the news itself, but I thought it was an interesting one to just bring up and talk about existing because it sounds kind of cool. Uh, so Blade Disgusting... As your first look at Ivana Sakno, who's the director, uh, who's the actor here, uh, who was in *The Spy Who Dumped Me* and *Pacific Rim Uprising*. Uh, the film's called *Let It Snow*. Uh, ArcLight okay. Films um, produced it, 
Uh, it's up for mm-hmm. sale right now at the American film market. Uh, Sacco stars as Mia, a free-riding snowboarder who is separated from her fiancé after sneaking onto a restricted slope. She must not only survive against nature, but also the mass snowmobile rider in black who's out for her blood. Yeah. That's going to be great. That does sound pretty cool. Yeah. I went to it. I went to it. Uh, directed by Stan- Stanislav Karpalov. Uh, uh, the film also stars Alex Hafner, who was in Submergence and The Counselor, and Tanatin Dalek Chevalier, who was in Abigail. Okay. Uh, yeah, the, only, the only thing that sucks is uh, it sounds like you know someone uh, needs to get on this right away because you know it, it sounds like primetime winter, you know, horror. That if you know this wouldn't be something you want to wait on and then release in the summer yeah that's true that's true someone needs to buy it and put it out in vod like but by the end of february yeah. is what you're saying <laughs> has to be before the end of february mm-hmm. absolutely um so hopefully we get to see this soon and we get to talk about yeah. it um but that's let it snow and hell even that title i mean that was begging for a christmas release yeah <laughs> let it snow let it snow let it snow <laughs> sure yeah <laughs> That's all, the right. all right, all right, okay. So we'll move on uh, to to some trailers. We got four trailers to talk about this week. Oh boy! Yeah, I know. Uh, the first one is probably the biggest one. It's a Bloomhouse production because Bloomhouse makes things on a weekly basis now. It seems. <laughs> so we have Fantasy Island, mm-hmm. which we've been talking about. Um, I think I mentioned the poster last week. Uh, yeah. If I recall, so we got a trailer for it now. Michael Pena's in there. It's coming out on February fourteenth, Valentine's Day, twenty twenty. Uh, assuming that's the yeah. same release date for both of us, we'll be covering that when it hits. And it's a horror movie reboot of the seventies eighties TV show, uh, but it's turned into a murder mystery horror film. So, what did you think of the trailer here? Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily say it sold me but i'm very intrigued like i hmm. like I, I can't really say like oh man this looks like it's gonna be a good movie i bet it's gonna rule but i can at least say like well i do kind of want to see it and do you see know, what happens do you know what's so funny to me is that obviously it goes in a vastly different place because it's all these like fantasies coming to life and then twisting you know around it's kind of kind of a monkey's paw thing almost right where they're mm-hmm. wishing for oh, okay I, I i wish i could get revenge on my my childhood bully who by the way yeah. the bully turned out to be played by uh, uh porsche double day from mr robot so it was nice to see her uh thumbs up but um although the lead actress being the one from truth or dare does not fill me with uh joy mm-hmm. um the, the director is also from truth or dare for the record just putting that out there I'm- <laughs> I think that's my my big hesitation. Like, if I didn't know who the director was, mm-hmm. I'd probably see it and be like, "You know what? This looks pretty cool. I'm in." Uh, but I think even if the trailer does look good, I'm like, ah, "Truth or Dare was so bad. I don't know if I can trust it." And uh, I think that was Maggie Hugh I saw in there as well, just in terms of pointing out the actors. Um, sure. So, but what I was gonna say is though, I think it's funny is that it really the first half of this trailer reminded me a lot bizarrely of I still know what you did last summer. I can see that. You know, coming to this <laughs> island and they're all happy to be in a tropical place, but obviously it's going to twist and obviously it doesn't go the same path as that movie, but I don't know, it was giving me lots of flashbacks. Um, the characters yeah. might be annoying, it's hard to tell from the trailer, but uh, I don't know. Uh, the, the the main girl like, complained about the phone signal, so I made me go, oh, okay. Yeah, she doesn't seem go. like super likable. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. no. So, I mean, we'll see. I like... Um, there was one little creepy moment I kind of thought was nice. Uh, they saw the, I don't know, the the concierge? I don't know what her name is, but it was a woman kind of like explaining the island to them and showing them around. 
Um, mm-hmm. And she says something to Maggie Q's character where she's like, hey, these fantasies are about to change your life. Hope you're ready. But the, the camera sort of lingered on her for the moment for a long time as she walked out the room just sort of staring at her. And it was actually yeah. a, a sort of creepy little moment that felt kind of offbeat that was different from the rest of the trailer. I was like, okay, if there's more stuff like that in the movie, maybe it'll work. Um, yep. If there's stuff like the smile that was in Truth or Dare, yeah. then <laughs> not so much. No. It's, uh, I, I mean, you know... It's not like it's unheard of for someone to have a bad movie and then to do a good movie. Like that's, you know, we've there's plenty of examples of that. But uh, it's just hard because Truth or Dare was so bad, and, and you know, it feels like kind of recent that uh, it's hard to get excited. But who knows? Maybe he'll totally redeem himself with this movie. It's uh, like I said, um, I can't really tell if it's gonna be good or not, but I can at least say that I'm like pretty intrigued by it. Yeah, talking about directors who make a bad movie and make a good movie. Ridley Scott's made a career out of doing that, so, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it can happen. Um, well, I mean, you know, we, we you know, uh, talk about, like, when we talk about uh, Mike Flanagan, how, like, mm. you know, he's a, he's a dude that it seems like everything he does kind of gets better and better, or, you know, at, at the very least, when you go back and watch, like, some of his, like, very first stuff, you're like, ooh, this is not... <laughs> that great but are you talking about absentia too <laughs> yeah of course yeah <laughs> oh that movie was rough rough rough, yeah. rough rough and i wasn't doing a, i wasn't doing a dog there i feel like i was going rough, <laughs> rough, 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 rough. um so yeah fantasy island looks at least interesting in terms of what it may be but i can also i can see this being a complete mess as well like i, I can totally okay. see this yeah. turn into complete drivel uh once it tries to actually deal with the fantasies but uh and- we'll see and at the very least, at least uh, that it does look, you know, different. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, like you don't get like a ton of those like kind of tropical like horror movies or at least not since, you know, I still know what you did last summer. But, uh, you know, it's like, OK, at least maybe, you know, having something like the setting and stuff could be like a little different. Uh, I don't know. Could be cool. Yeah. Uh, so next up, uh, this is actually like a news item as well. It just happens to come with a trailer. So <laughs> this is why it's in the trailer right. section. Uh, but IFC Midnight have picked up the North American rights to The Wretched. Uh, again, American film market. Uh, this comes from writers and directors Brett and Drew Pierce, who did Deadheads. Do you know what, what's impressive to me, Tim, is that we watch a lot of horror movies. We do a horror movie show. We've been doing it for years mm-hmm. now. In fact, next May is our five-year anniversary. We'll, we'll do something special for it. But the, mm-hmm. point, the point I'm trying to make here is, is that for as many horror movies as we watch, and we watch a lot of new horror movies that are coming out, we somehow mm-hmm. do these new stories, and almost every other story has people that have made <laughs> things we have never heard of. And I, like, mm-hmm. it's just, it shows you how many horror movies there are. It just it shows you. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I feel, especially like in the last couple of years, it seems like, you know, I guess maybe horror is just big again, or maybe it's just, you know, um, they're kind of, you know, easier movies to get made or, or whatever. But especially lately, it feels like it's skyrocketed. But I, I know exactly what you mean. Like, I would say, uh, I mean, at this point, you know, not just for the show, but in general, like the majority of stuff I watch is usually like, horror movies and you know i feel pretty connected in the you know whatever horror community and stuff and yeah i'm still constantly being like oh wow i never heard of this movie i have no idea who these people are (laughs) yep uh so the wretch follows a defiant teenage boy struggling with his parents imminent divorce who faces (laughs) off with a thousand year old witch who is living beneath the skin of the woman next door and uh, stars John Paul Howard, uh, Piper Kurda, uh, Izzy uh, Tesfai, who's on Supergirl right now, actually. Uh, she plays Jenny Olsen on that. 
Uh, not Jenny, Kelly Olsen. <laughs> I say Jenny Olsen because in the in Man of Steel there was rumors that there was going to be a, a Jenny Olsen oh, instead yeah, of a yeah, Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. Uh, and then Kevin Bigley, uh, who's from Netflix, so, he's upload. So wait, who's Kelly Olsen? Is she related to Jimmy Olsen? That's his sister. Oh, okay. <laughs> his sister on the show. Uh, so... But hey, we got a trailer though, so we could actually see what it is. Uh, and I'll give credit to the trailer. It kind of opens with sort of one long scene uh, of this uh, sort of young mum and her son kind of like gutting this deer. Uh, and the witch kind of comes out of it and we see kind of pro- a pretty decent practical effect. I think the, the shot of the hands coming out the the body and then like seeing it land on the, the ground under the truck. Uh, mm-hmm. look quite good and then it's just a lot of quick cuts of kind of the stuff that, to come because I, I, I don't think this, this these characters are main characters I think this seems to be the characters who are taken over by the witch and it's the neighbours uh, the teenage boy that's mentioned in the description who becomes the main character with his girlfriend or whoever trying to like you know watch and be scared of the witch and stuff um, mm-hmm. I thought the trailer was not bad for what it was actually dude I was like so sold on this I, uh, <laughs> I, I mean i never heard of it uh yeah until you sent it to me and I, I actually didn't read the description so as you were reading it i was like oh wow i didn't really <laughs> know that that's what this movie is about but uh yeah from watching the trailer i was like this looks good to me i you know it, it looks you know what's uh, funny is I, I didn't know if you were going to go the opposite way there because i said i thought oh not bad actually for what it was and he went <laughs> dude and i was like oh he's going to disagree with me and we're going to fight <laughs> <laughs> no i thought like i, I mean again you know it, it's a trailer and there have been plenty of trailers i thought looked good and you know they end up not so great yeah. but uh so i'm not saying that oh this will definitely be amazing but uh from the trailer i was digging it like i like the and this is kind of the like a lot of the horror stuff i like like i like you know, supernatural woodsy like monster creatures. And, um, and I, I mean, I'm surprised that you even talked about like a, it being a witch and stuff. Cause I assumed like that, you know, you see this little creaturey kind of like monster thing crawling out of the skin. And um, I think, um, knowing that it was a witch before, I, I didn't read the description before I watched the trailer, but I did see that, you know, the, the headline say witch movie or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think I, I did recognize it as a witch. There's a couple of quick, quick cuts towards the end where you can kind of see it as a woman kind of, sure. you know, oh. you get a witchy kind of, uh, the one line in the trailer that kind of hints at the whole neighbor thing is that, you know, I think it's like the, the, the boy and the girl are watching from like, a, you know, the other window and he's the and window, she says yeah. oh your neighbors are so weird like or, or true, crazy yeah. or whatever so there is some hints of that stuff but this 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 trailer was definitely more about setting up the villain and the the mm-hmm. evil part of it and i think on that level it did an okay job because i was like oh, okay some practical effects here i'm kind of into it yeah um yeah i think it looks cool and uh, at least from the trailer like it didn't seem like it was doing a bunch of you know typical kind of you know tropey hollywood jump scare things that we see a lot like i mean it, it could still be in the movie but i didn't really yeah it's hard, it's hard to feel... yeah, judge that from just this trailer but yeah it doesn't yeah. look like it's in the trailer yeah so yeah i mean i'm definitely i had no clue this was a thing until like you know 15 minutes ago and <laughs> i like now it's like probably one of the things i'm most looking forward to coming up yeah, it's um, one that's already played at a few festivals here or there. I think uh, it was at the you know London Freight Fest or whatever mm-hmm. a couple of months ago. But I want to say like trailer. Did it say like Fantasia Film Fest or something? Yeah, yeah, it's been at a few yeah. festivals. So uh, I imagine at this point we'll probably see it um, early next year, probably straight to VOD. I imagine. Yeah. Um, it seems like that type of movie. But yeah, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Uh, the wretch uh, if i even says yeah 2020 release uh, doesn't have a date yet, but I I will go out and let and say we'll have that by March or April time. Uh, that sounds about right would yeah. be my guess 
so that's the wretched so you know yeah looks not bad uh next up we have a trailer for uh, feedback and this is a movie that's uh set set in england and it's uh london specifically and it's set in a, a news uh, a radio station uh, set in a radio booth and if that makes you think of pontypool uh then yeah because that, that's another movie set in a, a radio booth but what's interesting about it is um is that it's not like that movie it's, it's not a you know because that, that movie's about like maybe a zombie apocalypse is happening and we don't see any of it it's just all over the radio people calling in this is very different in premise it's all set in the radio station but it's um this this guy this sort of disgruntled uh eddie marsden plays him it's a face you may have seen before he was in you know world's end he's been a few other things he's, oh, he's, right. he's a prominent british actor who pops up a, a lot of places but uh basically his daughter and her, his daughter's boyfriend uh, are held hostage by these crazy guys in masks and they want him to like report on something and convince someone else to admit to something on the air or they'll they'll kill you know his daughter and that and it's kind of this kind of horror hostage situation um tense kind of thriller kind of thing it's going for it um there was one moment in the trailer i thought was weird that hinted that there was also something kind of supernatural because like the there was like cg on one of the guy's masks as he was talking it was like like liquidy mouth sort of thing yeah, if I have to guess, I, I'm thinking maybe if at some point someone's like hallucinating or mm. is like drugged or something. I can see that, yeah. Um, but because yeah, everything else in the trailer did not seem like it was a any type of supernatural hint. But yeah, who knows? Yeah, it, it seems like it's going to be the extreme horror version of something. Like, do you remember that movie that came out a couple of years ago with George Clooney, where he's like the, the 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 anchor and he's like the guy with the bomb strapped to his chest comes in and he's like, "Hey, you need to report this because something wrong's been done and you have to report on it." Jeez, oh, I don't even think I heard. No, I don't, I don't think I remember that movie at all. I think it was George Clooney. I think Julia Roberts was like okay. the uh, the person in the control room talking to him and like you know directing everything. Um, Oh, that's uh, completely out of my memory. I have no idea. Yeah, it was a few years ago. I can't remember the name of it. Um, I did see it though. I remember. I think I talked to it with Matt about Matt uh, or with Matt about it. Um, but it seems like a horror version of that almost. Where presumably whatever they're wanting them to report on is going to be even darker or whatever. But um, what do you think of the trailer though? Did you were you into it? Uh, I, I'd say a, l- a little bit. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily the. Uh, type of thing that I'm like super drawn to, but also I could see it being good. And um, I think there was like a few flourishes, like when that like you know like yellow looking room and stuff. I was like, all right, this looks like it has like a bit of style to it. And you know, I think like the masks and stuff kind of looked cool. Um, so I'm I'm interested, and I like the uh, director. They like they listed like oh the director of uh, you know the orphan and the house of wax and the shallows, and I'm like. Hey, I actually kind of like all those movies. Like, I wouldn't say any of them are, like, great. Yeah. But... Uh, uh, Wom, Wom, uh, uh, forgive me if I'm going to mispronounce this, but Wami Colette Sarah is the uh, director. Okay. Um, I've seen The Shallows, and I actually kind of had fun with that, to be honest. Um, yeah. I thought it was all right. I haven't seen Orphan or House of Wax. Maybe this is a good excuse to do those movies um, yeah. when this is coming. Because uh, we've done the original House of Wax already, actually. We've done the Vincent Price one. Oh, yeah, definitely. And uh... so. And, and yeah, I, th- I think, you know, a lot of people kind of write that off because, like, you know, Paris Hilton and stuff is in it. But uh, actually, I don't think it's that bad. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think it would be a fun, uh, probably a good one to review at some point. But uh, <clears throat> again, like, I think those movies are maybe not amazing, but I think they're solid enough where it's like, okay, this will probably be at, at least a, a fun watch. So I'm, uh, yeah, not like, it's not the most exciting thing in the world to me, but also I'm like, yeah, I kind of want to see this. 
Yeah, it looks okay. Um, I, I thought, you know, it's a very stylized, modern-looking radio station because there's, there's like, weird soundproof rooms that are very... And don't get me wrong, the stations have this, but it's very stylized, so it looks really futuristic almost, some of the, the rooms in this movie. Um, I just change it to a podcast studio. <laughs> no one listens to radio anymore. <laughs> yeah, one day we'll make a horror movie, Tim, about podcasters who are harassed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that could be fun. Uh, so that's feedback. Uh, that is going to be released in uh, January via Blade Fox Entertainment. I assume I assume VOD, but I could be wrong. It doesn't say VOD. It just says release. So maybe it's theater release. Uh, but this is one. Yeah, we'll definitely check out when it when uh, we can. If that's not an initial release, definitely uh, sometime after. Uh, so and then the final trailer we had is a Belgian horror comedy called Yummy, uh, which is a zombie horror comedy. And, of course, you immediately go, another horror comedy with zombies. Yeah. <laughs> We've had, like, 50 of these in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, what's interesting is that mostly it was in English, like, but it was Belgian yeah. actors speaking with an accent. Like, it wasn't, like, a Belgian-produced film with a bunch of American actors or British actors or whatever. This, this yeah. sounds like Belgian actors doing English mm-hmm. dialogue for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe they just started <laughs> to have a, a bigger audience worldwide because if it was in English, but... Because uh, the trailer has Belgian subtitles for the Belgian <laughs> audience, <Yeah>. bizarrely. <laughs> uh, so that's weird. Uh, but it's set, it's set in a hospital, uh, specifically a plastic surgery uh, clinic, and uh, zombies show up, and there's lots of uh, running around. It didn't really feel like a comedy at first. It wasn't until the second half of the right, trailer yeah. where there was a lot of like weird sex comedy with like boobs and like mm-hmm. and things like that that started started to stick out. But um, that was kind of the gist of it. Uh, what did you make of this? Uh, I assume you were m- middling on it at best. Yeah, uh, like, again, kind of similar to, like, I wouldn't say that I thought, oh, this looks dumb, I, I never want to see this, but also I'm not like, oh, this looks great. Uh, like it, like you said, the, I think the big thing for me was I wasn't sure what kind of tone they were going for because, yeah, at first it did seem serious, and then there was, like, a joke here, and I was like, okay maybe it's a little jokey and then like another joke another joke i was like oh okay maybe it is a flat-out comedy but i I mean i do like the you know setting uh, i think we mentioned it before in a a podcast a little while ago but i do like the uh yeah i think we don't get a lot of horror stuff in hospitals and uh yeah i think it's like kind of a cool setting and um it's tough because like zombies especially zombie comedies do feel played out but i mean if it is done well like it could be exciting and yeah i thought like a couple of the zombie stuff here and there like looked kind of cool like i think there was a a woman that looked like she had like a like her legs kind of chopped off or something she's running around on, like on her hands i was like oh it looks kind of cool like so uh, potentially that could be you know some good stuff here and there but uh yeah it's, it's kind of weird because i do think maybe if uh, it wasn't a comedy and like yeah they didn't go into the jokes and stuff i, I probably would have been a little more excited for it mm-hmm. but yeah I, I wouldn't discount it though like i'm you know i'm intrigued by this one as well yeah um yeah I, i'm just kind of indifferent to it like it didn't look terrible it looked kind of well enough made but mm-hmm. uh, i wasn't filling me with any kind of like oh that's really funny or that looks like really fun gore you know yeah. and then the joke at the very end where like you know the woman with the big boobs is just like hey is this what you wanted and she's sort of showing off her cleavage uh, you just kind of like gulps and then it's like yeah coming soon that's the final beat i was like okay that just didn't feel yeah. like i don't know <laughs> like i don't know i was not amused i guess yeah uh. yeah the, this might be one that could kind of um 
you know, live or die, depending on like the buzz. Like, you know, if I start hearing like a you know couple of sites or like horror people being like, oh, you know what, this is like a cool, uh, you know, surprisingly good movie that it might make me more excited, you know, versus where, you know, it seems like easily something that could come and go and no one ever talks about, you know? Yeah. Yeah, uh, but that does wrap up the news. That wraps up all the all the news bits um, that we were going to talk about. Uh, so we'll get into the movie review, uh, which is for Haunt. Before I start the movie review, though, I'll, let me just take this moment to thank our Patreon producers. Uh, these are patrons who are over the $20 tier or more. Uh, David Short, thank you to you. Alison Fortis, thank you to you. <laughs> Cindy Palacios, thank you to you. Tyler Hess, thank you to you. And Talking Superman, thank you to you. Uh, so if you do want to support everything we do, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash TV. You can support us for as little as $1 per month, and you get a bonus exclusive episode of the show every month for that dollar as well as bonus stuff from other shows um, and then the higher tiers you get voting rights and then eventually up to the producer credits and all that but every dollar counts so go and have a look and see if you want anything um but i would uh, also like to thank all the people you just mentioned so thank yes. you i said that in a really weird way because <laughs> for the first person i said thank you to you afterwards i didn't really mean to do that but once i did it for them i thought i'll do it for everyone even though it sounds really silly so there you go uh, but yes so uh, the ho- uh, for Haunt then uh, we'll start spoiler free as we always do I'll give you a warning in the middle before we go into spoilers uh, and we'll go from there so this is a movie that came out on Shudder uh, during October and is set at Halloween so it's weird that we're doing it now but there you go also another thing it has in common with the other movie we did this month uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark this is the second movie this month that's been set at Halloween which is also featured Night of the Living Dead um, oh, yeah, on a screen and we joke a lot about how Night of the Living Dead shows up all the time because it's cheap and free What's weird, though, is that Scary Stories, especially because it was Lionsgate, like, that's a big studio making. That's Lionsgate. Like, they can afford to mm-hmm. get clips from movies, but they chose that yeah. movie. Uh, <laughs> this movie's a bit lower budget, but it still doesn't feel that low budget. Like, I feel like they could get some footage, you know? Yeah. So, hey. Uh, so this is a movie about a group of college students who are out drinking on Halloween and decide to go to a haunty, haunted house. And it's this weird one that's kind of in the middle of nowhere, you know, out in the back roads. And they go, and of course, eventually it becomes dangerous, and there's characters with masks roaming the, the, the dangerous halls and the traps, and they kind of get picked off one by one, and uh, that's basically it. I mean, that's all, all you really need for spoiler-free descriptions. So, Tim, did you enjoy yeah. Hunt? You know, I was, like, really surprised by this movie. I actually liked it quite a bit. Uh, it's the from the people that did the uh well that that wrote the script for a quiet place right uh that sounds right yeah yeah so uh so there's like you know that's a, a little bit of a pedigree there but i feel like especially lately the whole um you know it seems like these uh kind of like haunts and escape rooms and stuff are kind of popular and in the zeitgeist so we're getting like a lot of horror movies like i feel like this is the yeah, you know, at, at least like the fourth probably like a uh, horror movie we've done or seen lately that's like you know hey people go to this attraction uh that becomes real or whatever but i actually thought this one was handled like pretty well um and i i say it, it was surprising because i feel like i liked it more and more as it went along because uh in the beginning it wasn't really doing much for me. I thought the characters were kind of annoying, but I do like that, like, uh, like especially there's, like, this, you know, guy that's kind of, like, the annoying comic relief, and I really did not like him, but, like, I, I feel like once the, you know, 
stuff kind of turns and they realize that they're in danger like everyone kind of felt like uh more believable and it's like all right you know people aren't just you know doing their annoying shtick anymore they're actually like actively realizing something's wrong and trying to like correct it and get out of there and uh and i like that uh it felt like a a real space where you know i feel like most movies it's just like kind of you know go forward go forward you know next scene next scene next scene where this like you know people sometimes they would have to backtrack or they'd get stuck somewhere or they would have to use something like in their environment um in ways that like you know wouldn't really expect and so like it's not like uh yeah i wouldn't maybe necessarily say i loved it but i actually did have you know (laughs) Uh, more fun than I was expecting from it. It's okay. That's that's kind of where I, I land on it. It's like I actually. It's funny you said you liked it more as it went on because oddly I had more problems with it the more it went on. <laughs> I I thought at the start it was kind of just fine. Yeah, the characters weren't necessarily great, but it didn't annoy me that mm. much. They were kind of just yeah, they're here to be picked off. They're here to be the your typical group of students. But unlike mm. a lot of other horror movies from the last like you know few years, I'm thinking of stuff like Satanic and Truth or Dare mm-hmm. or you know all these like annoying groups of characters where you just hate them all. Um. Here, the, you know, the, like they set, an, they, they give them enough each to remember. I remember who's who. You know, there's the one who dresses kind of a doctor for Halloween, uh, but mm-hmm. she actually does have some medical knowledge because she's that's what she's studying. Um, it gives you know enough of just enough of each character. Like the, the one girl who's scared of spiders. There's the one, mm-hmm. uh, the guy who's who's actually thinks he's a good lock pick, but he's not really. And um, like you get enough of each of them just to know who they are. Um, I, I think for me, it kind of it got kind of weird in the back half where. I felt like he couldn't decide what it wanted to be. Did it want to be a slasher movie with like people in masks like chasing them down and trying to kill them, or did it want to be some kind of like saw-like movie where they're going through these rooms with traps and mm-hmm. trying to figure them out? Because there was a point in the, the 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 second half where it felt like one of them one of the masked characters was trying to kill one of the characters, and. Mm-hmm. Had they succeeded, they wouldn't have gotten to the next couple of rooms, which they had spent time to build and design. You know, the movie opens with literally like, like a little montage of like DIY happening as they're setting up their 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 haunted house, their traps, and their rooms with their various things in it. And all, I couldn't help but think, like, but they would never have gotten to this other trap if you'd actually just killed them where you tried to kill them. It felt weird to me. It's like, what was the point of building these extra rooms if you never intended for them to get there? So there was kind of a weird murkiness to me where I was like, I wasn't really understanding the logic of, like, what their intentions were. Like, you know, it, 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 it could it could have been either one and it had been fine. It just I felt like they were kind of clashing ideas-wise. Uh, well, I, I kind of like that the, the mix of, like, uh, oh, there are traps and also, like, these kind of, like, slasher characters coming after you. Uh, that, that actually did work for me. And uh, I kind of got the sense that... Like, you know, well, I mean, obviously they're like toying with these people, but like mm-hmm. there's um, like there's this one scene where, yeah, someone is trying to go through <clears throat> this room with a bunch of traps and you see this, uh, you know, character is trying to set off one of them. And of course, like the person escapes. And I, I got the sense that that was intent, uh, intentional, that like they wanted them to make it to the next room because I feel like, again, you, you know, they're trying to make these people scared and and stuff and and also they do mention you know at one point like uh like oh you think you're the first people that have gone here so you know maybe other people that have gone through have you know died in other rooms or whatever um like it, don't get me wrong there are definitely 
plenty of questions to be asked. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I, yeah, but, uh, I don't don't know. Uh, I would say like generally though, it worked for me. That that was my big thing. It was just, it was the weird conflicted, like sort of Mm -hmm. like intentions of the, of the bad guys or the killers. Um, and the ending felt like it was kind of weird to me. Like the, the final scene felt like a weird moment, but, um, I will say, I I don't want to sound, I don't want to sound too harsh on it though, because, like i thought it was an easy enough watch like it was an easy enough 90 minutes to get through there was some fun scenes like i say the characters didn't annoy me um i felt like it was it was set up well enough for them to get picked off one by one and do their thing and and whatever i think it never really rises above just being decent though um it never kind of because it's kind of like an amalgamation of a lot of different things that we've seen Mm -hmm. in other horror movies and you know there's a little bit of the saw stuff in there's a little bit of the uh of the slasher movie stuff in there there's um i don't know even escape room there's like a little bit of escape yeah, room totally. in there as well i mean they literally use that phrase escape room but like mm-hmm. you know I, I couldn't help but wonder oh yeah that that movie came out like eight months ago like this movie might have been slightly influenced even by the idea of at least not the movie but like escape rooms in general which are now a thing that people do sure you know? yeah so no no yeah like escape rooms and then like um uh, was it when we watched hellfest or yeah yeah was, like um again i mean maybe uh, no you're, you're, you're ready to bring that one up this idea that oh someone starts to suspect that this is real and not actually yeah. on show yeah I, I i guess maybe the the difference with that one is it's like uh that one was kind of just like a a random killer in you know like a fake haunt attraction where this is like oh no like real killers making a real you know attraction uh but uh no it, it definitely does feel like something that is in the zeitgeist or, or whatever now this kind of you know these I- ideas of uh like live entertainment like you know things that people go do to get scared and uh which uh, you know it, it makes sense it is like kind of a very easy horror thing to do but um yeah i, I wouldn't say i'm like super far off from where you are because uh, like again i'm not saying that this was amazing uh, i was just surprised that you know i don't know i, I probably just had kind of like lower expectations for it. just the, like you're surprised it wasn't garbage is what you're saying to me. <laughs> yeah like i mean just the fact that i'm like oh like this like i do definitely think I, I liked it more than you but like i yeah again i was like oh wow like i thought this would just kind of be like yeah that was okay and the fact that I ended like, huh, I actually kind of like that. Like, it's, it's perfectly yeah. watchable. I, I think it's a fine. Like, I, I would happily recommend this as a, an afternoon watch if you're a horror fan. You totally. know, which I, I wouldn't do for a lot of the crap we do. Like a lot of the crap we do, <laughs> I'm like, no, I stay away. It's the worst thing ever. Um, it's painful. It's painful. Leave it go. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's actually directed by the writers as well. The two, you know, Scott mm-hmm. Beck and Brian Woods, who wrote it, also directed it. Um, I don't know if this is their directorial debut. In fact, I'm going to click on their name and find out because that, that could be interesting to know. Uh, director, I don't know, a bunch of directing credits. Um, did one called Nightlight in 2015. Well, this is one of them at least. I'll look, obviously, I can only click on one name at a time. A um, mm-hmm. lot of shorts, uh, TV movie. Yeah, done done one or two movies, but this this think, de- seems to be the highest profile one by the looks of it. Yeah, like I, you know, I, I don't want to disparage like the other stuff that they've done, but this feels like the first real movie that they did. Like, like the you know, like the other stuff, like uh, I, you know, it could be good, but I don't 
like I because I was looking at some of the credits too, and it seemed like more stuff that was like shorts or like you said, like TV movies or something. Like this feels like the actual like movie movie. Yeah. <laughs> this was like an actual movie. I don't want to upset any other movies that they made, but this is an actual movie. Those were fake. Yeah, they, you, I mean, they know what they mean. <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> um, um, I, I will say too, like you know, like the the horror aspect of it and stuff. Like, uh, you know, I like the kills. I thought they were like you know pretty good. There's some good gore. Uh, there's a couple, yeah, that, there's a couple of good gore, gore moments. They're, they're very quick. They don't relish in it too much, but there is a yeah. couple of good shots of like you know gory things happening which we'll describe in spoilers and uh and i kind of like the way things like amp up because there was a lot of you know i I was expecting there's going to be like a you know just like a couple of quick like fake things and then get into it but there was like some surprises where i was like okay like this is going to turn out to be a real thing and then i'm like oh no it seems like there's still like you know like plausible deniability where it feels like oh no we're still in a you know, fake thing, and then you know, once the things do start coming, uh, I, I don't know, it, uh, it it worked for me, and then uh, and I like the way the the villains looked, uh, too, like you know, very simple masks and stuff, and then there's a an extra layer to it, which I guess we'll get into in, in spoilers, but I kind of like the whole uh, visual part of it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, the masks were okay. I, I think. Um. Maybe I'll touch on the, the generic side, but it, it worked well enough. I think uh, it almost suffered from having too many of them because there's like... There's, yeah. Like, I, I think by the time we get to the end, there's like seven of them, maybe? Some of that? And that's not even a spoiler. I don't think it's a spoiler to say that there's that many because it just, it's just no. kind of like... You know, there's, the, there's the main red one that we kind of know. There's like the the white sort of clowny well, one, which is the older guy. There's, and... Yeah, there's like a clown, a ghost, a devil, a witch... Uh, and then there was one that I wasn't sure mm. who he was, like, um, when he had his mask off, but uh, I, I think those were the ones that at least stuck out in my mind. Yeah. Um, it, it, I don't know. It, like, I, I think the movie is perfectly fine. It's it, it doesn't necessarily break any new ground. It does have some f- faults here or there that uh, kind of stuck out to me a little bit more as it goes on. I think... It, it does this weird thing with the main character, and she's the closest thing we have to a main character, um, whose name, bear with me, is... Hey, Harper. 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 Sorry. Uh, right, there's Bailey and Harper, okay. Yes. Harper was like... They do this thing early on where they set up that her boyfriend is abusive and a drunk, right? That's kind of the opening of the movie as we find that out. And I thought, okay, okay, this is just enough of a character thing to give her an arc. The whole idea that she's... She's hiding the debris. She's not willing to fight back. The, mo- the the arc of the movie for her is clearly going to be being willing to fight back, right? It's going to be about her uh, getting the strength to to not be a victim anymore, right? That is that's what the movie's going to be. Um, and it did this weird thing where halfway through it it kind of like throws that aside and gives her a different <laughs> like motivation, a different backstory, um, <laughs> and kind of focuses on that from that point on to the point where the stuff with the boyfriend never really gets a resolution. And I thought that was really strange. Yeah, that was a little weird. It's like, uh, like I, I think there is a, a point to it that's showing that like, you know, maybe the boyfriend isn't such a new thing, but she's had like a history of this. But I don't think you necessarily need it. <laughs> like, you didn't yeah, need especially both. since it's not like, yeah, yeah, because it's not like the focus of the movie. Like, 
there's plenty of times i think there's like one instance towards the end where you know it plays a big part and you can kind of see why it's important but i mean otherwise you kind of forget that happens throughout most of it yeah and honestly i think the boyfriend boyfriend thing worked better because it was simpler i think the the new thing it introduces halfway through is really overly dramatic and really kind of cheesy um yeah you know there's, there's a point where she's explaining some of her backstory and there's like a flashback and that was probably the first scene in the movie where i went oh i don't like this <laughs> like this is yeah. you know so yeah <laughs> i can't i don't disagree with that <laughs> yeah so that that was kind of you know whatever it was i so that kind of sucked um yeah it's just it's, it's still a little bit murky when it gets to the second half in terms of what it wants to do for me but they honestly like yeah the kills are good um i i kind of like the build up for the most part is for this is kind of like a an easy sunday sunday afternoon watch for me as far as horror sure. movies go that, that, that's how i would yeah. describe this uh it's not particularly memorable i don't think you have to see it but i think for you know a movie that shudder puts its logo on because you know shudder randiness is a shudder original because they've got the rights to it um it's probably above average in terms of those mm-hmm. movies because they have a lot of crap let's be honest shudder have a lot of cheap sure. crap that, that is not good and i think this is above average in that sense it's not a knockout the park I, you know as far as shudder originals go i think something like lake bodum is like maybe up at the higher end of like mm-hmm. what they've got in terms of quality um uh was nightmare cinema shudder it may have been um kind of well they, they, yeah they it, it did have like a very small theatrical run but it is a shutter exclusive now so. yeah oh, that's wrong because shutter don't really i mean if, if they have made any movies from scratch i don't know about them but i think when i talk about shutter exclusives or originals yeah. I, I just mean the movies they've bought so that they've got the rights to them now sure yeah um and they put the logo on them but <clears throat> yeah like uh, again i um I would basically take what you say uh, and maybe up it a, a smidge. Like a I, smidge. <laughs> yeah, because like I, I, I do agree, but like I, I don't know. For, for me, it is kind of memorable. Like I feel like, I, I mean, two years down the line, maybe I won't remember anything. But I mean, at least like from just, <laughs> yeah, at least like from just watching it, like it'll be something that'll stick out in my mind as being like a, oh yeah, that was a decent movie. It was a good enough watch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think we'll give the spoiler warning, full spoilers then for Haunt, um, and we'll we'll go from there. So the movie, you know, opens with like the, the we don't even see the drunk boyfriend. We just see him like a pumpkin gets thrown at the door uh, of yeah. the sorority house, and it's like, hey, we're going out for drinks, and her best friend, um, who's our roommate, Bailey? is that is that the, is that the best friend? Is that is that her? I think so. Yeah, I, I I will say this. I don't remember any other names. Uh, yeah, you're right. That's Bailey. Um, yeah. it, it was basically you know she she was the one with the cat ears. There was nurse mm-hmm. costume girl, and then there was spider scared girl. Spider, you know what I mean? Yeah. Arachnophobic uh, girl. Yeah, and then the yeah the baseball guy and the annoying yeah like yeah. Uh, comic relief guy. Yeah, uh, lockpick guy. Yeah, uh, and that was that was basically their how i remembered them but uh mm-hmm. so they go drinking uh you know she has a nice awkward moment with this baseball guy where she thinks he's you know calling over to her to come over and talk to him but he's actually just signaling for another drink um mm-hmm. yeah i mean it was a bit you know typical and tropey but it was better than i think a lot of these movies do uh, with these kind of moments mm-hmm. it, it was kind of thing where it was it was being kind of tropey with what it was doing with a lot of its elements but I think it was handled them all well enough that it wasn't cringeworthy. That they were all coming sure. coming out at a sort of yeah, this is fine. This is a fine typical movie doing its typical things, but it's handled well enough. 
Yeah. Um, and they end up at the uh, at the at the haunt. Um, what I'm actually just remembering now that there's like a whole section here where uh, Harper thinks they're being followed by a truck, and mm-hmm. I don't think it ever really comes up again that you know. As if, you know, was that one of the, the, the ghost characters or, you know, the mask characters following them? Yeah, yeah. The, the opening, like the whole beginning feels a little weird to me. Like, and I, I think maybe that's why when I'm kind of saying, like, for me, it, it gets better as it goes along. Like, this is one of the things where, yeah, when it opens, like that, you know, the first scene where they're talking in the room and, it, you know, it's, it's very melodramatic and then... Yeah, they have the party scene, and that's where, like, you know, that dude is being, like, super annoying. And that's when I was kind of like, okay, it's going to be one of these, like, annoying, typical kind (laughs) of whatever movies. And then, and, you know, it probably wasn't that long, but I don't know, for some reason it felt like it went on uh, a long time for me, where obviously we know the the majority of the movie is going to be the haunt. That's where we want to get to, and... I mean, I'm sure in reality it's probably just like five or ten minutes, but for whatever reason, it seemed like longer for me that, you know, by the time they finally got there, I was like, okay, finally. Um, but yeah, there's even like, you know, a moment where, you know, it's like they're get, they're lost getting there or whatever, or they don't know if it's the right place, you know, and it, like, like all that stuff just seemed kind of necessary. It's just like, yeah, just kind of move it along, get to the place. <laughs> yeah. Um, it didn't bother me too much. I think it was just doing it in a serviceable manner that it didn't, bug me that much i, I don't know I, I don't know what to tell you but uh yeah. they get to the the horn and the guy in the mask outside the clown is kind of like it doesn't say anything uh he just he hands them a key and gives them uh, a, a list of rules and it's like yeah don't touch the actors don't do this um but all the phones have to be put in a lockbox. Uh, you have the key to the lockbox. You can get them when you come back out. So, okay, that sets up why they can't call for help. Nice nice and simple. Uh, makes sense. And it is believable as well that they wouldn't want photos of inside the the haunt being sure. published online. That also makes some sense. Um, so they go in, and at first it's just kind of typical stuff. You know, the skeletons popping out. There's like a weird trippy sort of kaleidoscope hallway that's kind of spinning and and shit like that. Um, they see someone get branded with a hot yeah. iron. Uh, and they think it's an actor. They think it's just actors doing stuff and the woman's screaming for help. And obviously, being a movie, we're sitting here going, well, that's clearly one of the previous victims yeah. getting, you know, killed. And, you know, it does that thing where it, it focuses on Harper, who looks kind of concerned. Like, she doesn't quite believe this is fake. Like, this might be real. <laughs> um, which... I roll my eyes a little bit that I guess I've just had enough of that recently. Maybe because of stuff like Hellfest, where you know the one person thinks it's real and everyone else is like, nah, don't be silly, it's all part of the show. Uh, yeah. and it is. In fact, actually one of the things we never talked about in the uh the trailer for Fantasy Island is uh, basically the main character in the trailer says, Oh, they'll they'll they'll, they'll do it all with holograms. That's how they'll have people from my oh, lives yeah. show up. And she's like, Oh, that's a good hologram and I'm like, Where are we with technology that you think holograms of people are or could even be this convincing? Like I don't Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's set just, you know, in the near future. Maybe it's not a present day movie. For sure. Yeah, and the, I mean the you know, I, I don't know with like uh with Fantasy Island, like uh is it just anyone that goes there or do you have to be like super rich? Because I, I might give it to them if they're like, Oh, I paid like five million dollars to come to this place <laughs> then um, yeah, I'd, I might be like, all right, some crazy rich weirdos might have like robots or something that, that like look decent, but I don't know. Yeah, but hey, 
So, uh, the the so they see this is kind of kind of creepy. They get split up at one point because there's like a maze that makes them separate. And you know, one of them they have to go through all these spider webs, including the arachnophobic girl, because that makes sense. And then they eventually go in uh, like a like a tunnel kind of thing, and they have to like sort of crawl through the crawl space. And that's where she gets separated. Well, I think the right before that they both kind of split into two groups i think it's like three people in one area and like three in the other yeah so that's, yeah because that, that's where the safe and not safe so that's right before the spider oh, yeah, web yeah. stuff um yeah. because then they have to go through a coffin because uh, they have a whole scare <laughs> where she gets like spider webs or not spider webs sorry spiders like dropping on her um and yeah. she she freaks out um but that's where that's where she sort of separates from them and then they go through like a, a past the guy with a chainsaw uh to just kind of try to spook them out um the other group end up in a place where it's like a x-ray kind of wall it's like all these x-rays and it says guess the body part and there's like three holes for your army to go in so you have to go in and feel something and i'm like oh, this is going to be dirty someone's going to have like a dick in the other side or something but, but yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're feeling through and the, the first guy like you know pulls in it's, it's just like spaghetti or something and it's like ah it's mm-hmm. brains and the second one is like oh it's small and round it's like oh it's a grape it's, you know it's like mm-hmm. Um, it is what it is. Uh, but then the third girl, because they set up something at the start where uh, Bailey, the, the roommate, borrows Harper's ring, and it's her, Harper's mum's ring, so it's really important to her. It's this, this family thing. And she puts her arm in, and the ring comes off. And she's like, oh shit, I dropped the ring. And she's trying to get the ring back. Uh, and then the other guys like try to help, the baseball guys try to help her get the ring, and they're both got their, their arms in the holes trying to get there. And then someone slits her wrists. Like, she pulls her wrists out, and there's just cuts appear in blood and this is the first real thing that happens this is the first thing that's like oh shit we are in danger here what did that someone did that to us uh so they're freaking out they get they get, they get to like the next room or whatever um and they all meet up uh, they kind of come back together and again it's like the the first room they were in where they saw the person be branded except this time the witch character drags out uh their friend this the, the arachnophobic girl and she's unconscious but they, they're all kind of like screaming wake up wake up and the person pulls out the hot iron, but instead of just branding her, actually, this is the sort of the first gory moment we get. It goes right through her head. Like, it sort of stabs yeah. her in the head with it. Uh, it cuts away quite quick, but you do get to see it. And they're all screaming and being like, holy shit, that was real, that was real. And they're freaking out. Uh, and this is where they are. And they're kind of trapped in here. Like, the door back won't open. Um, and they, they can only go forward. Uh, so that's where we, we get to at this point in the movie. Well, I think uh, is this about the point where uh, we're introduced to Mitch? Uh, soon, uh, the baseball guy goes up ahead on his own looking for help, okay. and oh right, right, right. And uh, he meets him in the, the the hallway with all the it's like the mannequins, build the sheets on them. Oh right, right. right. Uh, and then one eventually moves, and because because Mitch has kind of a, a sheet mannequin look to him, so he's got a ghost mask on, but it's otherwise he's got like sort of the white sheet. Um, and he's like, "Oh, you need help." He's like, so he's sort of playing along as if he has, he works there and he's going to help them like find a way out. But this was kind of the first thing that was kind of weird for me in terms of the characters interacting with each other because he keeps kind of like say, implying he's going to help and he's like, oh yeah, I've got keys for the door and I'll let you through and and so on and so on. Uh, and he's like, oh that makes sense because because uh, Harper thinks she saw a fire exit that says emergency exit, uh, but when they go to the door and they open it, it's just the wall. There's actually no door there. And it's like, oh that makes sense. I didn't remember there being an exit there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but he, he keeps kind of just avoiding actually helping them and he keeps the mask on and it's just very creepy and mm-hmm. i don't know there was just a level of them not sort of questioning his his behavior 
um, quick enough for me, I guess. But whatever, I was keeping the movie going. I, yeah, and I actually kind of like this dynamic because uh, to me it felt like something that you don't really see in a lot of these types of movies where, like, you know, uh, I don't think there's ever a like second where I didn't think that you know he was in on it like oh sure yeah um yeah i was like all right he's obviously like <laughs> you know gonna turn on him at some point but i did think that they did a, a pretty good job of like a, at least maybe keeping like you guessing for like a little bit or whatever like uh and and i don't know i just thought it was like something a little different like you know in the strangers you don't see one of the strangers actually you know start to talk and like pretend they're gonna help him out and stuff and again i, I think that's part of what's going on here where you know they want to mess with you like uh, as mm. well you know um and yeah maybe the one complaint about it is like uh yeah at some point they it feels like they should have been maybe a little more forceful like i do like that they are suspicious of him like well like hey tell us your name and stuff and you know uh and you know he and at first it does seem like he's a little helpful, but then, yeah, once he does start being a little more dodgy, you think that, uh, you know, people would kind of get a little more suspicious, but I don't know. It does feel like they were kind of keeping him at arm's length a little bit though. Like when they're going back through those tunnels, they're making sure like he goes, you know, to and, and stuff. So, yeah, I guess it's just like, you know, cause I think that's one of the first things to say is we need to speak to a manager or whatever. Yeah. Someone's been hurt, uh, but they don't like, I, I guess the other thing is that it felt like they kind of forgot that their friend was murdered in front of them. It felt like all the concern was for the girl who had her, her, her wrist cut, right? Uh, the way well, helped I, Bailey. I, well, I, I think, doesn't he mention, though, at some point, it goes like, oh, no, like, she was part of the show, which, like, obviously they should, you know, still be... Question, like, because... Wary of. Yeah, but, you know, because she's not an actress, she's with them. Like, this is yeah. weird. Why would she be in on it? Um... But it felt like they kind of forgot about that bizarrely. I keep hitting my mic. I'm sorry, yeah. guys. I probably sounded bad. Um, but like, <laughs> so this is kind of where they get they all kind of get split up a little bit because uh, the big guy, the lockpick guy, wants to. And you know, at this point, he tried to lockpick a door and he failed. Uh, that was sort of how that came in and just was relevant for a moment. But he he actually crawls through all the, the stuff they went through already and gets back out to the front. And and Ghost Mitch goes with him, um, and they're outside on their own. And basically, Mitch starts getting really creepy where he's like, oh, you want to see my face? And he uh, pulls... Because uh, this is all cutting back back and forth. Because, I, I mean, the whole flashback thing where Harper talks about her dad beating up her mom and, like, her hiding under the bed, that all happened while uh, we were meeting Mitch with the baseball guy. It was sort of around that time. It was cutting back and forth because she was sitting with Bailey uh, telling her all this. Um, but, you know, we see around the same time, uh, the Red Devil one, like, chases Harper back because the others are in the in the, in the, the, the crawl space and baseball guy gets separated. So everyone gets separated at this point. And, and I, I'm sorry, I forget if you mentioned that once Mitch goes through that crawl space, he, like, uh, blocks it off. Yeah, he, uh, he gets, like, a, a hammer and, like, nails, like, a, a sheet of metal or something to the, the exit mm -hmm. so that they can't go out. Um, cause that's how base and, uh, that's how a baseball guy gets separated from a, a lockpick guy. And I forget if um, the it's funny talking about this movie. I didn't realize like how like confusing the timeline is. Like I like I'm trying to think like oh did this happen then or then or whatever. But mm. uh, I I don't know if it's around here where you see the clown mask guy uh, is like destroying all their cell phones and. Uh, no, it is, it is because it's because the red mask guy, the devil, like chases Harper, 
and then takes off his mask, revealing that he's actually pretty weird looking anyway. He's got like, you know, all these like really weird, like extreme piercings and like spikes coming out of parts of his head and face. And he looks really, you know, he's altered his face. I think his eyes are like pure black. Mm. Uh, so it's right around then because basically he says to her who's you know her it's her boyfriend's name because the boyfriend's phoned her her phone and uh the clown old clown guy answers it and says oh it's too late for her kind of thing um and he microwaves the rest of the phones but that one's still out because someone might call it because they all have passwords on them so he can't get into any of them and he's not a hacker clearly <laughs> so he's just like yeah. microwave uh so it's as this is happening that mitch the ghost outside with lockpick guy says do you still want to see my face you kept asking to see my face and to know my name um do you want to see my face and he takes off his mask and you're expecting another kind of like mutilated face that's been like but not mutilated in like a random way mutilated in like a sort of design way where it's like oh he wanted this demonic look kind of thing he- yeah, it's uh, and I think later on in the movie, someone mentioned something about like tattoo artists and stuff. So they're like, um, like they're still humans, obviously, but they, like you said, they're just kind of extreme. Like they have like piercings and tattoos and like spikes <laughs> like grafted yeah. onto their but face. With the point here is, though, that when Mitch takes off his, his looks a bit more just kind of horrific, and he says it's a work in progress. It's not finished yet, so he's still in the process of yeah. like adding to his face and make it but he looks really creepy um and he kills he kills lockpick guy off camera though admittedly uh which i thought was a little bit weird well the uh they show him starting to like pull his face off with his hammer well that's right? the end that's of it because 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 he takes off his mask and we see him and when we cut away we come back and uh oh, okay, guy yeah. just falls onto the ground he's like, so we missed the initial attack oh, okay, um yeah, yeah. in fact no we even, we even missed when he takes off his mask now i'm thinking about it because i thought that was weird too because mm-hmm. he keeps saying do you want to see my face we cut away we come mm-hmm. back lockpick guy falls onto the ground and it just cuts to his face and it's, it's, his mask is off and we see his like mm-hmm. you know horrific face i thought that was kind of weird we never we never got to see a lockpick guy's reaction to it we never got to see him react to the the weird face that's what was yeah. weird about it but you're right now we do see probably one of the goriest things in the movie actually is he puts like a like a crowbar or something like that or i think it's a, a hammer but it's just like the claw end of uh, the, the claw hammer. End of the hammer yeah and he just starts to sort of rip it's kind of, you see so he's standing above his head and he's sort of pulling the sort of the, the upper teeth upwards and he sort of rips off the front of his face from there yeah so we never really find out exactly like who these people are and what they want but i i guess what we're kind of supposed to infer about it is um they have some type of obsession with masks masks or whatever like where they to the point where they basically mutilate their own face in the masks and then when they kill these people what they they say is like take off your mask so he's like peeling his face off and saying yeah take off your mask and i think uh you know that kind of gets repeated a couple times you know when they're like uh chasing down like harper and stuff Hmm. Yeah. Uh. So, from then on, Red Mask just got his mask off. Like the Devil guy's just, you know, I still call him Devil guy, but that, you know, he's got his mask yeah. off from this point. Um. And well, I I think like even like um even when they had their masks off, I, I feel like they still look like what their masks were. Like yeah. he looks like a devil. The clown guy looks like a clown. Um. Ghost guy looks like a ghost, kind yeah. of. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then we don't really see too much of the witch, but uh, the little bit we kind of see it look like. You know, she, uh, you know, was probably, uh, you know, kind of witch like. You know what's cool about this movie, though, uh, and which I, you know, we'll, we'll get to it. But the uh, and and again, like, and 
Yeah, I, I, like I don't think it's necessarily something that we see a lot of in horror movies where uh, the the victims' deaths are violent, but the you know uh, since you do have like multiple killers and people in mass, like those people die too, and some of their deaths like get pretty <laughs> violent as well, which I think is cool. Uh, one or two of them, yeah. Um, the de- the rest of them, the, the the victim deaths definitely stand out to me more. Um, oh sure, yeah, because yeah. It, it's not like a, a one in one, but there's a there's a point here where the baseball guy is sort of running around on his own, and he's kind of sneaking around, and he he ends up in the place where all the phones were, and he actually there's like, there's actually kind of a nice little effective scene where he's hiding behind like a, a tarp, uh, <laughs> where he's just kind of hiding quietly, and the, the sound all goes away as we're just waiting him, like just he's just trying not to breathe so he won't be heard. I, I thought that was an effective little scene. After that, mm-hmm. he, the ghost guy Mitch does kind of catch him in there. And as he's trying to talk to Mitch, just to sort of buy him time, he's actually, he's got Harper's phone behind his back, and he's basically just turning on the, uh, the, sort of the, I don't even know what you call it, the GPS for, like, the phone to phone, so, so that the boyfriend knows where she is. Uh, I, I think he, like, texts help, and then, like, a location pin or something. Yeah, so, yeah. Yes. Um, I've never used it, but I know phones do it. You, you can sort of, like, yeah, give like, your location <laughs> to someone. Yeah, like, I, I've never used it either, so, like, uh... Like me and my wife kind of look at each other and we're like, uh, I don't know what that is, but it, it's believable enough to like, it's a thing that you know phones can do. Yeah, but it's just it's basically just Google Map, but with the person's yeah. location at all times. Um, and so that that sort of gets the drunk boyfriend like on his way. Um, Although which... this is like kind of a, <laughs> I mean, I'll jump ahead a little bit, but it's like kind of like a waste of like, I mean, you you get another kill out of it, but it really does not affect well, the story. Well, yeah, at this, all. Is, this is what I was talking about earlier. How there's never a resolution. I, I I was expecting her to stick up to her boyfriend by the end of the movie, and he never even meets her because he comes in angry that she's like you know someplace random, and he comes into the building, and you know we get a pretty cool death out of it. Maybe my favorite death because the clown, um, after, um. What was, it, what was it he does to him first to make him fall? Something to his feet. He, there's well, he, uh, doesn't he do like a spit like a nail or something out that like? That's right. His, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, well, he says spit. It's just, it's just like fire. It's, it's like a like a yeah. A, a, what the hell do you call those? Like, um, well, yeah, you know what I mean. That's like yeah, a little tube that like shoots it out like super fast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, <laughs> spit, spit. I was like, yeah, he's not strong enough spit to do that. But yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, he sort of stabs him in the neck with a nail, basically. And um, he, what he does, so the guy, the guy's on his front and he's sort of looking up, right? So imagine not quite the yoga pose where you're sort of putting your whole front up, but kind of that sort of general position. And the clown essentially uses a sledgehammer, like a golf club, and swings at <laughs> his head. And it's actually a pretty cool death. It cuts away quite quickly, but you do get to see it. It's, it's probably yeah. my favorite death of the movie. Uh, so, point. And, and because he's a drunk, you know, uh, you know, abuser, you're, you're, you're all for his death. You're like, yes, okay, you made me hate oh, him. Yeah. You can, you know, kill him now. Great. It, it, w- it would have been weird if he, like, saved the day. <laughs> it would have been weird, yeah. Mixed messaging. Mixed messaging yeah. there. Um, so, yeah, um... The one thing you mentioned about Mitch, though, when he's when he's chasing a baseball guy, is that baseball, he does say to baseball guy he knows. Oh no, no, that no, wasn't him. It was a uh, it was lockpick guy, because Mitch says to him that he knows where he lives because from their phones and their wallets or whatever they've gotten all of their addresses and stuff, which is important for the end of the movie. So this is why I'm wanting to mention it here. Um, okay, I, I think I might have missed that. So that uh, or maybe I, I just didn't 
register it as an important detail but that does make sense for the end of the movie then yeah uh they have, they have his address so that so i want to make that clear um from here a lot of the movie is harper kind of running away and going through various more room traps and some of them are fun set pieces there's a room where there's lots of blades hanging and dangling and there's like nails in the, the floor um and the lights go out but she gets like a, a flashlight so she's got like one flashlight and she's kind of like trying to like sneak around this dark room that's got blades everywhere and then she sees someone standing in the corner, Blair Witch style, uh, which was kind of cool. It was an effective little scene on its own. Um, and they're making her play the game. Uh, where, where I thought it was kind of weird that it felt like they were trying to kill her and not let her progress is when the devil guy like comes in. Because she, she ends up in a bedroom set. And it's, like, it's, it's actually called the escape room. And she's like looking for clues. And uh, eventually she hides it. Which, by the way, as soon as she went in that room, I was like, that bed is very high up. Like, there's a, <laughs> like the gap beneath the bed was like a foot and a half high. It was like really tall. Uh, compared yeah. to most beds uh but she she ends up hiding underneath there and the devil guy comes in and you know it's just normal clues sort of like hinting to go to the the the, the, the dolls which then hints to go under the bed and then hints to you know what i what i did think was funny uh about this uh well first of all to go back so yeah like that room with all the blades and stuff was pretty mm. cool and then i like the way they show her very carefully standing over like uh stepping over the uh you know plank with the nails and stuff because he is like oh I, you know someone's gonna step on those and she eventually uh, does because she gets scared yeah. into it you know she gets yeah but uh but i was mentioning earlier like uh yeah you have the person in the corner and basically they have like to get out you have to kind of you know crawl under these knives and someone is like s- slowly cutting off the rope to it and uh this is like i was mentioning before it felt like the person was going like so kind of deliberately slow. It felt like this mm. was more to toy with them versus actually wanting to like have those knives land on her. Uh, sure. Well, and then, fair enough for that one, but the red devil coming out of the bedroom, it felt like he was going to kill her. Um, well, this well, this seems like the end of the haunt. Like it, cause it seems like they don't want anyone. And obviously I don't think they want anyone to escape, which maybe that's kind of the, mixed message of it all it's like mm-hmm. all right well is there a way to survive or are you always doomed because yeah i think this final room makes it clear that like oh no this is the end but you're gonna die here yeah but, uh, because she gets this key I... from under the bed and when the red devil comes in she stabs him in the chin um and then she puts the key in the door and it, the door actually there's like a shotgun down this hallway it's not right behind the door it's like follow down the hall which is very solid may i add uh and the shotgun goes off it shoots her on the shoulder by the looks of it um i thought it was a bit weird how it blows this giant hole in the door but she just has like one small wound in the shoulder uh, given she was standing right there i thought i was that was playing a bit fast and loose with the rules of uh, physics but uh they could have like staged it a little better to make it more clear like yeah that but she ends up crawling down this hallway underneath because the shotgun keeps going off every you know 30 seconds whatever it's kind of like it's got like a mechanism to reload and like click again and then fire and the devil guy is chasing after her and she basically just kind of holds him up almost like the end of speed where you know when keanu reeves holds up dennis hopper so his head hits the the light Uh, she's holding him up just enough so that when the shotgun goes off it's just this the bad guy and that's her um also here though um they send in another person in a mask who we've seen briefly it's like this wide black mask that's kind of like different from the rest and uh harper like impales her with a pitchfork that the other guy brought in and then she takes off the mask and it's actually uh bailey who they've got like she's got like a gag over her mouth so that she couldn't see anything and she's just been like shoved in there so she actually has killed her best friend 
What's interesting about this is that about like ten minutes before this, I actually started thinking to myself, "What happened to Bailey? She was in like the crawl space area, and then I don't remember her dying. Where is she?" And I was thinking yeah. the movie just kind of forgot about her. But so fair enough, the the, the bad guys grabbed her and did this to her so that uh, Harper would accidentally kill her. All right, fair enough. Yeah, but I was like, uh, I don't know. I forget how badly she was like tied up and stuff. But there was like. Was there really no way you could not like take off the mask or anything at all? Like I get that she was gagged, so she couldn't talk. But yeah, yeah is there really nothing you can do? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit weird. Uh, from this point, you know, I think baseball guys like seen like behind the uh, the X-ray bit. You know, he sees where the holes went out, and you know the razor blades on the floor. He does some more running, but he eventually runs. It runs into into Harper, um, and he's found like a an exit. Uh, so they they get out of the exit. He gets his baseball from the car, which they can't start because the keys aren't there. And then uh, and before they, uh, you know, get out too, you also have the person in the, I think it's like a zombie mask or something, comes in with a chainsaw. Sure, yeah. And then, yeah, they have like a little showdown. And then um, it's cool. She uses like the gun to basically, uh, you know, get him to. And then like they're, uh, you know, and it was, uh, that's like one of the things I, I thought was like cool, interesting too, where like, you she couldn't actually like lift the gun out of the like you know stand or whatever it was in but you know she still like found ways to actually use it against them um and then yeah then when they're leaving they also run into the witch uh as well which i actually really liked her death where there's like kind of like you know an escape hatch on the i don't know if it's like the roof or whatever floor they're in or whatever but no, they go it, through that it, it was ground level it was more like a basement exit gonna oh, okay. yeah. get up yeah <clears throat> um and yeah i just like the uh you know uh, harper gets out and then the uh witch is coming after him and the baseball guy like kind of grabs her and then like uh, they just like slam her head over and over again with the latch <laughs> which i thought was pretty cool yeah it's all right and they go on the run and this is them basically getting away. Uh, the clown who's still alive burns the whole haunt, which was kind of teased at the start because they comment yeah. how there's oil everywhere. It's almost like the whole night they plan to burn it at the end to get rid of the evidence. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Harper has an ill nightmare about being under her bed and her dad coming to get her and, yeah. uh, in and the hospital. And then there's one more guy, too, that's chasing them uh, that just has a gun and just, like, uh, shoots the baseball guy and he... Uh, just like yeah, hits That's him in the right. head with his baseball bat. That's right. He uses his lucky bat to hit him in the to yeah. kill him. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but he's fine. He's in hospital. The, the nurse says he's fine. He's recuperating. Um, so the ending's kind of weird for me because even though they set up that they know all their addresses, I never got the impression that they were that like vengeful because the movie ends with the clown guy going to her parents' house. Mm-hmm. Um, but when she when he gets there, we find out that Harper's actually booby trapped the front door. So he steps on nails, and she comes out with a shotgun and says, "I was just she says she kind of calls back to the others, um, something that they said earlier on." But uh, like she has a sort Did of she badass... say like take off your mask or something or, or yeah. show me your mask maybe. Yes, yeah, so show me your real face or something like that. Uh, yeah. But she she, she sh- pops up with a shotgun, has a one liner, and it goes to credits. And I felt like the ending didn't really fit the movie to me. <laughs> it felt kind of. The which, thing is, <laughs> which is funny actually. It's funny. It's very reminiscent of how I felt about the final moment in A Quiet Place, which these guys oh, also yeah. wrote. <laughs> yeah, but like I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's like maybe the worst thing in the world. It just feels like there's a lot we miss in between that last minute and you know like the hospital scene before that 
Like, because, yeah, like, you know, who knows, like, what time frame this is in. Like, you know, I, I would think that she would be, you know, like, in, like, a hospital or somewhere being questioned for, like, quite a bit. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, it just feels so fast away. It instantly cuts, <laughs> like, to the scene. It feels very abrupt. She- it feels like, you know, he goes straight there that morning on November 1st, yeah. going after, like, her, yeah. her parents, <laughs> or, or just expecting to find her herself because he wants revenge for all the all the carnage they've caused. And it just, it felt kind of weird and out of place to the movie to me. I, I, I don't know, like, this, like, I never got the sense that he, this character was vengeful or these characters were... Like, like this. I, I, I yeah, I like her, I like seeing her get revenge on the clown, but uh, I feel like that's probably could have been a better way to do it, or at the very least, like it seems like more like uh, if they were gonna do a sequel, it seems like this should have been like the first couple of minutes of the sequel versus like the end of the first movie. I also felt it didn't really pay off like what there was even even if I like accept the fact okay we shifted to the whole like the dad beating up the mom and her hiding under the bed and being too scared to like intervene uh, even if we shift to that as being her core character thing which is weird because it kind of just makes the boyfriend redundant and doesn't give her, her a satisfying ending with him mm-hmm. it just it never felt like it really like I guess the whole point is oh she's strong now she's prepared to defend herself kind of thing but it's so vague compared to actually I don't know confronting her father maybe or um actually like i don't know like um or maybe if the the killer was there and her mother was there and the killer was about to get to her mother and she came in at the last minute because she realized what was going to happen and she and she protects her mother you know it would make up for not protecting her not that she could protect her as a little girl anyway but like you know symbolically she's there to protect her mother and jump in and like kill the bad guy um but her being ready with traps and like everything just it felt a bit hokey it felt like it was against what the movie was up until this point um yeah and just felt like just just came off a bit I don't know offbeat to me, but no, it, it's it's definitely strange. Like <laughs> I don't know, it it just I, again I'm not necessarily against the idea. It just feels like there's a lot that we missed <laughs> like leading up to it. Yeah, it just it felt off uh, when it happened. And I think that's kind of how I describe what you know where the movie's problems are. Is that it just feels a little bit it's like the ideas are fine for the most part. I just it feels like the execution. Um, like the movie is just a little bit conflicted with itself as as, as to what direction it wants to go in, and as, as a result, it feels like everything feels just a little undercooked. Like the, the you know where it goes and the point that it's trying to make uh, feels undercooked uh, as a result. So yeah, uh, it, yeah, it's definitely not perfect. Um, but yeah, I think for the most part, it, it did work for me, and I think the 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 definitely flaws, but I, the stuff that I liked. Um, I think, and for me, ends up standing out much more than that. Like, you know, I'm willing to overlook like a thing here and there, you know, if it gets me to the stuff that uh, I did enjoy about it. Mm. Um, One thing (laughs) that I did think was kind of funny is when she is in that like last little like escape room, she has to do all these clues, and there's um like messages on the walls uh, that are backwards, but you can very easily read it, (laughs) like. It's like yeah. it's super easy to tell what it is, but she always has to take out a mirror <laughs> to like see it. Yeah, she's got like a little makeup mirror that she keeps pulling out to uh, to read these things. Just like you can still you can kind of just look at it and read it backwards. Like it's not that yeah. hard. <laughs> yeah, but hey, whatever. And then the movie has to like really focus on it like multiple times to like, make it sure we can read it, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. That was that's what I thought it was funny. Is like it seems like it's probably not so much for the character versus when they're making the movie like. Well, if people can't read the clue, we're gonna have to have something for them to make sure they get it. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> to the point where she's like looking at it in a mirror and also mouthing <laughs> the words. Yeah, a bit over the top in that sense. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's perfectly watchable. I don't think it's offensively bad, but it doesn't. It feels like it never kind of clicks together with what you know, with like a, an idea at the end. It feels like mm-hmm. it wants to do a lot of greatest hit moments from a lot of different things and. Uh, never rises above just decent, I think. But it's not a bad movie. I, I think it's perfectly watchable. And uh, as far as like a you know Shudder exclusive that's there, if you've got Shudder for free, you know, if, well, not, Shudder's not free, but if you've got Shudder and the movie's free to watch, it's like that's an easy enough one to just put on. So yeah, uh, I, I think I think that's where I'd land on it. It's it's, it's okay. It's decent. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go a bit higher than that uh, to the point where, for me, it's a little bit better than decent. I would say it's good. It's it's not great. It's not amazing. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, it's not like something like, oh, like this is going to be my new, like, you know, uh, traditional Halloween movie like I watch every year. Mm. Like, sure, it's not like that. But uh, I do think it was a pretty fun watch. It's an easy watch. There's nothing offensively bad. And um, I actually do think... The parts that were good uh, surprised me to the point where it's like, oh, this is like, you know, like better than uh, I would have anticipated. So, uh, yeah, uh, again, yeah, I'm going to go higher than you, but not like, yeah, not crazy. Not like, oh, my God, this is perfect. Amazing. Like, it's like, no, this is actually a pretty good watch. I was surprised by it. Well, put a number on it, Timmy. (laughs) Uh, I think I'm actually going to go as high as a seven uh, for me. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Like it's uh you know, it it's below that like amazing great kind of mark, but uh again I think a good enough watch and um and it's definitely something I would like to watch again. Again, not like uh anytime soon, but you know, I can see myself uh you know, like in like a year or two or something if I'm looking for stuff to watch and being like, Oh yeah, I haven't seen this in a while, like uh why not throw it on? Like you said, like maybe on like an afternoon if you got nothing. Yeah. Uh I yeah, I, I think I would have been more into it if it felt a bit more focused. It felt a bit more refined in what its ideas were and felt a bit more uh, fully fleshed out. As it is, it feels a bit undercooked with a lot of different ingredients. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's not it's not badly executed. Uh, you know, it's, it's an easy enough thing to sit through. So um, I am going to go with 5.5. 5. Uh, I think it's just, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not a hard watch, but... Um, ultimately, I don't think it, it really amounted to much. A couple of good kills, a couple of good set pieces, but uh, I, I let, you know the ending happened, and I was just kind of like, okay, it's a shame because I, I do feel the missed potential. I feel like you know with a, just a, a couple sure. of a couple of redrafts of the script, I feel like this could have been up. I could have been agreeing with that seven. I could have been agreeing with even higher, but um, yeah. as it is, it's just yeah. So five point five for me. Uh, but that is uh, that is Hunt. Uh, you can let us know what you think of the movie in the comments below. You can like and subscribe. You can ding the bell on YouTube. Make sure you, you get the notifications. You can help us out by rating the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. Uh, more people will find us that way and uh, the show will grow and spread and, and be loved by many. So you can do that. Uh, we mentioned Patreon earlier. Patreon.com slash TV. A little as a dollar per month and you get bonus episodes and all sorts of other shenanigans uh, at different tiers. So go and have a look and see if you're interested um otherwise check out other content we have uh we do a science fiction movie podcast called the atomic cinema experiment uh, i did that with tara uh, that was good fun very similar to this show but with science fiction movies you know so uh go check that out um i do live streams uh, a couple times a week on the youtube channel so it might be interesting checking those out too 
Um, in fact, we've got a goal on Patreon for me and Tim to do a monthly live stream. We did one for, for a special occasion. We did one for October. Uh, but there's a goal that we're not a million miles away from right now, if you want to go and have a look. So uh, go go and have a look at that too. Uh, but otherwise, that is us. Get us on Twitter at Screams Midnight for shenanigans and Tim saying ridiculous things and <laughs> me me telling him off for saying ridiculous things. Um but that is us so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching scary movies guys and we will see you next time